In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and Sam Robertson, we are talking about successive cascading victories over the enemy and walking away from all poverty structures so that you can lend to nations. Join us in this episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark and Prophet Sam Sam Robertson. Robertson. How are you doing today, Sam? Yes, I'm well. I'm excited for this conversation. We've had some robust... Iron sharpening iron chats, haven't we? We have. We've got another one for this episode. Another excellent one for this episode. So this morning before I came in, I was buying balloons <laughs> in vast quantities. How many? I'm not sure I love balloons. Am I, I, don't like the no- I don't like the noise they make when they squeak together. I, it, it, I have stood on a platform once before in America and said I didn't like peanut butter. I think it's the most controversial thing I've ever said. Yeah, it probably would be. Maybe I've just not had good peanut butter, but is it as controversial to say I'm not so sure how I feel about balloons? I don't know. Is that like a national symbol or like an area of national pride? Balloons? Do balloons. Do people get fussy about me? I had to, ordering them because we've got um, wedding anniversaries. It's David's parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then it's Jessica's 21st birthday, my daughter. So we're all these family celebrations. Many balloons. So I just ordered like helium balloons from this balloon company. And I did not know. He's like, oh, you will need an Instagrammable balloon Demi arc yeah. for your for your daughters. And I'm like, will I? Yes. <laughs> yes. Goodness sake, Kevin, didn't you know you did a balloon arch for for, for Instagram purposes? Absolutely. Right. Okay. So that was that was part of what I was doing this morning, and uh, choosing the colours. I did not know it was such a thing. It could be quite a faff. A faff. Well, I just said to him, "Can you just deliver them to my house?" Are they all helium? Yeah, well, I think so. I don't actually quite know what I've ordered. He just said these for your for an t- outdoor garden party. Well, he You've just, got helium balloons. He just, <laughs> this is going to go well. He's like, you need these for the tabletops. You need these upright ones. You need these in the number. Uh-huh. I'm not, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I said to him, I just, I, I've, I'm running out of time. This is my usual. I'm, I'm running out of time. I just need balloons. No, I, I drove past this. So you went into the shop. Yes. Well, it's, it's more like a party thing a party in a. Warehouse. In a yeah, a warehouse near where we live, okay. but the guy cried all over me because I said, "Hi, what's your name?" And he said, "My father's just died." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm in a rush." <laughs> oh dear, you're some. I didn't say I was yeah. in a rush. Okay. I said, "Oh," so it felt like I was ministering to him and talking about about him in the middle of a party shop about how to process his grief whilst talking about what balloons I need for these parties. It yeah. was very surreal. Just don't let them all like out in your garden because there could be a national disaster with the area that you live in. <laughs> if they're all helium balloons outside. I didn't actually think that through. It's like, was there not a disaster once in some American city where they let off like a million helium balloons and then the whole city got shut down for like four weeks while the balloons rained down and burst? I promise you, there there was a helium balloon disaster. are we giving false information? I do. T- I tell you what happened. You know the lanterns that you light and the heat of them, the fire lanterns, or they they rise up. My father and mother were marrying people in their garden in Spain, and they lit the balloons, but it was too hot 
for the heat to make the balloons rise. So they rose to the height of the fence, <laughs> went over the fence and set fire to the neighbor's garden. Oh, no. Well, in Cleveland, Ohio, in 1986, they had their annual balloon fest, which was normally a publicity How do stunt. do you remember this? I watched a documentary on it. <laughs> and they released balloons into the air in such vast quantities that then for the preceding days drifted back over the city, over Lake Erie, landed in surrounding areas and brought all air traffic and land traffic to a standstill (laughs) as the balloons descended back into the city and surrounding areas. That is magnificent. Uh, Imagine that. Why were you delayed? Balloons. (laughs) Why didn't you make it to your job? Balloons. I mean, that is an amazing excuse. We have a book um, uh, called, maybe I shouldn't tell you what it's called. It's a book called The Darwin Awards. (laughs) This is a confession. It's the most hilarious book you can ever read where um, uh, people um, die by crazy means. Right, okay. And so somebody covers himself in honey because they want to see what it feels like to have a bear lick their face. They're all true stories where they win awards for for taking themselves out of the human race by stupidity. (laughs) Hence the concept of the survival of the fittest, which we don't believe in. And we don't believe Darwin was right, just so we're absolutely clear. It's just for the purpose of the funny stories. It's for the purpose of the funny stories. Don't worry, we've not gone rogue. Um, But there's a gentleman who ties helium balloons to his garden chair and floats up thinking he's going to float just above his garden and he takes a beer can a packet of sandwiches and a pistol so that he'll pop the helium balloons and just gently float down but as he unties himself and ascends he goes so high that he's now in he's, he's at the height of aeroplanes and they raid they have to radio in and send out the air force to help him down because he's hundreds of feet off Did the ground die? no he didn't die oh. he got a, a an award for almost winning an award but sheer stupidity with balloons the bronze award for almost <laughs> the bronze award <laughs> yeah nearly died <laughs> Right, how do we go to that? Shall we prophesy? We shall prophesy. How many minutes of nonsense have we just produced? Seven. (laughs) Okay, it's why you love us, loyal listeners. Right, here is the word of the Lord. The return of Joshua 10, verse 26. Um, I heard the Lord say, I was sitting in my living room, just praying, and the Lord said to me, it's the return of verse 26. It's the return of verse 26. And he didn't even say the, the chapter or the, the book. I just was like, oh, you mean Joshua 10? You mean? It was such an excited conversation. Like God had been yeah. waiting to say, to bring this announcement. And I really felt his, his glory wait in my living room as I sat with my book, as I often do. God, what are you saying? What do we need to know right now? And he just says, it's the return of verse 26. And I'm like, wow, Joshua 10. Yeah. And it's this, then Joshua put the kings to death. In other words, he's talking about the return of victory over the enemy. Listen, people. 
It's mm-hmm. the return of great victories. Then Joshua put the kings to death and exposed their bodies on five poles. It's kind of brutal victories, isn't it? And they were left hanging on the poles until evening. It's the day of the return of great victories, the great disgrace of the enemy, complete victories, total subjugation, hallelujah, Jesus, and victories that in that chapter then cascade. And you, it, it's worth reading Joshua 10 because you see that that one victory yeah. in verse 26, bizarrely, there seems to be this momentum that is then given and they totally annihilate tribe yeah. after tribe after the tribe. The are conquered, yeah. It's quite remarkable. But these victories are supposed to stimulate you to further conflict and to more wins. I would call that a victory cascade. You and I, loyal listeners, are about to enter into a Joshua 10, 26 victory cascade. Come on. And you see that in that scripture. Just even uh, the the fact that it was the five kings, it wasn't just, oh, I had a little personal victory totally. or Joshua annihilated just this little annoying person, you know, in, in the enemy's camp. It was the five kings of five tribes, five cities who were completely annihilated. Then they were ridiculed in their annihilation by being impaled as a sign of don't come near us, you know, that was kind of pushing back any potential oncoming enemy attack and then he went he goes into the the southern cities particularly first are then conquered just one after another after another and what having one victory over one big demon can do of then unlocking a whole domino effect of victory after victory after victory after victory and some of you listening have been warring against one thing for a while and as you start to hear us prophesy there is such a sense of the forceful victory that is going to start to occupy your space where you're going to annihilate that thing that's been stood against you even for 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 weeks for months and for years and you will watch as there is a victory domino effect a victory cascade as emma said that starts to come into your life can we just dine out on the level of the victory so of course i've started in 26 with quite far down the chapter about joshua putting the five kings to death that's the five amorite kings and they're on the polls. Verse 28, that day Joshua took Makeda, the city and its king, he put to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. So he's killed the five Amorite kings. We get this victory cascade by verse 28 is a whole other city city. and Joshua and all Israel move in. From Makeda to Libna. Then they go to to Libna. They attack it. The Lord also gives them that city and that king into his hands. This is what, we're now king seven in the one day. And he did to its king as he'd done to the king of Jericho. And they move uh, um, into Libna. So we've got Makeda, Libna, and then Lakash. By verse 31, yeah. he takes up positions, he attacks it. The Lord, I mean, how many cities? I then mean, Eglon. I mean, we're on city after city. <laughs> then Hebron. It's, <laughs> then Debir. I know, it's it's kind of like being assaulted by victory, isn't it, when you yeah. read Joshua 10? And then by the time it gets to the end, it just says, so Joshua subdued the whole region. Yes. <laughs> just, let's just go, all the region, all the foothills, all the mountain slopes, all that is there, Joshua subdued them all. It's kind of the days we just love. No wonder when God walked into my room yeah. with his weight and said I mean he said strength uh, uh, with with a, yeah. a solemnity but with a jaw 
joy. It's the day of yeah. verse 26. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? Really? You know, because I was excited because I knew that was the right response yeah. to believe the word of the Lord because I know what um, uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 20 says, but, you know, when we believe the prophets, we prosper. And I believe the voice of the Lord and that brings into it prospering. So the sense of the mass assault on the enemy. In yeah. other words, every single assignment, yeah. every single besetting issue, yeah. there has got to be now this mindset, this understanding that God is yeah. invoking a day of cascading victories. Come on. And I, I wouldn't normally recommend this, but I just felt by the Spirit of God, as you listen to this podcast, you need to get pen and paper yes. and start to write and name the enemies that have been resisting you. What demons, what ha what is going on around you that has been resisting you for quite some time yeah. that you you're now going to speak an end and an overcoming to. And whether it is fear or there is a financial situation or there is a robbery or there is a health issue, write it down as almost a naming kind of exposure. I'm going to say this is the demon, this yeah. is the king, as it were, that has been ruling as a resistance against me. I'm going to say here is where I'm now applying Joshua 10, 26. There is victory and you start to decree it. You start to speak it out by applying your faith, by applying your warfare instincts to it. Write it down. Do it with me now and start to decree there is going to be a victory cascade starting with yeah. this demon, starting with this issue, starting yeah. with this resistance, starting with this oppression in the name of Jesus. I think we're right in the latter chapters of the book of Job when Job knows and understands what enemy has beset him? Yeah, it's terrifying chapters. Job forty-one, and I I have taught on it many times over the years. The um, and lectured around the personality traits and capabilities of Leviathan. Yeah, Job forty forty-one to the end of the book, really, and great detailed description yep. of. Leviathan and Job and God chatting back and forth and, and God really setting the scene for what Leviathan can do. And it's there at the end of Job and not anywhere else in Scripture. The Leviathan is mentioned several times in the rest of uh, the Word of God, but not in the detail that you get in the latter chapters of Job. He's being revealed as Job's enemy, this fire-breathing dragon, this highly destructive yeah principality, demonic principality. But I think what we learn is that by the end, when the enemy is revealed, which is why what you're saying is so vital, I've got to know, am I locked in poverty? Yeah. Because when Job knows that his enemy is Leviathan, and he is then able to enter into a new capacity yep. to overcome and to build again. And then what took Job up to that point to gain, to gain great wealth, which was a 20-year-plus journey, then suddenly he's on a fast track of two years of a rebuild. Why? Because he has named and understood and known the enemy. This is key spiritual warfare yeah. understanding. So you, you see, here's the thing. You can get into shame and say, oh, I don't have a poverty spirit. I'm not trapped by that. If you won't tell the truth about what demon
demon besets you or comes against yeah. you, if you can't name the enemy, like Joshua names in in um, chapter 10, how can you ever expect to have an increased capacity to rise above it? Absolutely. And I think, but let's take poverty. Oh, no, I'm too embarrassed to say I've got yeah. that or, you know, that that besets me or that uh, that nips at my toe. You can see it a yeah. mile off on people because they always come into a panic when it comes to um, occupation, possession and uh, going from glory to glory with, with possessions. Yeah. It's like the spirit of death. You can see it on people's skin. Yeah. They go a funny colour. They, they and really do. Look, it's not about, it's a spiritual colour. Like, read them in the spirit. You, you know, you can see, you can see death, you can, uh, you can see, yeah. you can see when people have a lying spirit yeah. on their shoulders. You, you can. can see when there's a spirit of infirmity sitting in somebody. You can see when there's a generational curse hooked into their back when you look in the spirit yeah. realm. And the sense of, I need to name, name it. do I have a demon of poverty? I name it as a demonic force. Yeah. If God says it's a time for putting that on public display... Uh, or do I have a robbering, robbery spirit, you know, yeah. robbing, I don't know, uh, things that should have come into my life, inheritance, you know, things that should, uh, that I worked for that I didn't acquire. That's a robbery spirit, yeah. you know, name it. What about covenant breaking spirits? There's loads mm. of those around. We list it, we name it, and we go into the sense that when my enemy is revealed to me, I then receive a new capacity to build beyond that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a biblical principle. When you pull something into the light, it's, it's disempowered. The mm. enemy can't survive in the light. Ultimately, can I just be really honest, the enemy is empowered by secrecy and by lies. Yes. So when there's a sense of, I'm not going to name it, I'm not going to say it, I'm going to keep it secret, I'm going to keep it hidden, then mm. actually that demon grows in its power because yeah. that's the currency that the enemy trades in. But the minute you say... Here's this demon, here's its name, here's what it's done to me. You start to strip it of its power. Yes. And actually, when you do that, it is very easy to get free. Yeah. When you say, I have had a moment where I have realised I have a poverty demon that has been oppressing me. It yeah. has stolen not just of my money, but of my ability to you know, keep a job or to keep a possession. Yes. And now I'm speaking it out as a confession that it's been in my life. It gets stripped of its mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. And actually, once you say that, can I say it, it is easy for that demon to get annihilated and for I, you I, to I, say, I, off yeah. in Jesus' name. Which is interesting in the story of Job, that long conversation yeah. where God's saying, can you hook Leviathan? Mm -hmm. Can you take it home as a pet? Yeah. And he's explaining just the force of this principality, yeah. which has assassinated everything totally. Job ever had. Um, this uh, mauling, losing of everything. Yeah. And then Job is able to build again. And the sense that he's able to crush it and it cannot raise its head again. Now, I think in legal terms, that would be called dub double, jeopardy. double jeopardy. The sense that when you have been tried for something, we would call it tried by fire, yeah. you know, or, or, or the, the demon got a foothold. Yeah. In legal terms, you can't be tried for the same crime yeah. twice. I think that yeah. applies in, in most of our legal courts. Yeah, when you be acquitted of it, yeah. The sense is, I think you can put that here yeah. with the Job story, I actually think you can apply that concept of double jeopardy. If the enemy came against you and you you had a great victory, then that thing cannot yeah. 
that thing cannot return. Yep. So we're now in Genesis 26. And we're looking at the wells, uh, the wells down the family line of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now, at the beginning of that um, chapter, I think there's at least two or three, two wells dug uh, by Isaac that are taken from him. But by the time you get to the digging of the third and the fourth well, they're unremovable from his hand and that sense of I will not let this robbery happen again double jeopardy applies to the enemy you took from me before now you can't same with Job same with the wells in Genesis 26 that the enemy may try to raise his head but this time you have wisdom and maturity and understanding and the capacity is yours to stir up what's on the inside of you and to say, you touched me before, but you are not allowed to touch now what's in my hand or my children. And I'm going to go again. And actually the ability to build again, to go again, to pioneer again, once you have that overcoming, messes with the enemy. It completely annihilates and causes the enemy to scramble and run and hide. And that sense of Job at the end coming into this fuller place than ever before. And the enemy goes, my goodness, I tried everything I had. I threw everything I've got at him. And I thought I had the upper hand, but look, he's come through it. He's won. I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him. And I think there is that place of you need to be able to kind of get some grit Mm -hmm. about you and say, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to overcome. But once I'm through the other side of this battle, Mm -hmm. once I've overcome this enemy, I'm not just going to sit in a kind of relaxed place of, oh, this is easy now. I'm actually going to build again Mm -hmm. as another act of overcoming and of victory. I do think that's why we read in the New Testament, resist the devil and he will flee you. The sense of when you you learn how to overcome, name that demon and overcome it, there is a very genuine um, absolute requirement for that demon to flee. Uh, So you know that, yeah, you'll get a different class or a different category or a different level of the demonic, but actually there is something of resistance and fleeing that is absolutely biblically a signed concept that I have overcome some things and you cannot go there again. Absolutely. And similar principles when we... We've talked many times um, because it's a, a favourite verse for prophets. We have our few. The, an effectual door has opened, opened to me, First Corinthians 16. An effectual door has opened to me and at it there is much opposition. Yeah. But that sense that in my effective place, I deal with the demons of opposition at a certain yeah. door. I go through that door. I'm into a higher plane and I don't actually have to deal with those again the because they're at again. the effectual door. Yeah. So we're, we're contextualising a lot of scriptures, pulling them together. Yeah. Um, so that we are very clear that I believe we're working in, walking into cascading victories. I believe that there are some things that we're about to overcome that will not raise their Come heads on. again and that we will have a victory in them and that victory will then take us from glory to glory. And so if you had, let's take personal finances, if you had a battle over spirits of poverty or spirits of yeah. robbery, robbery and it was personal finances and you break that, you yeah. name it and you break it, I actually believe you are secured of a victory. Come on. And then 
you're going to fight some demons, but I'm in the trajectory of cascading victories where I'm going to look at the demons who sit on the supply lines of cities and nations because now I'm going to become a supply line. And I think the problem is we have the mindset of maintaining victory rather than expanding and applying victory. And when you maintain victory, you accidentally slip into a fear that you'll lose it. What if it goes? What if it goes? What if it comes back again? Whereas actually the kingdom of God principles apply here. You get a victory, you overcome. Then God says, expand it, apply it, use it, grow yes. it. Let your victory become another's victory. Let your victory become your city, your your town, your region, your family, your friends. Let it become victory. And so when you overcome, your question should always, always, always be in the limitless kingdom. How can I apply and use this victory yep. for others how can this victory be of benefit not just to me but to whatever I have an authority I in? do think that we are on in the days of Deuteronomy 15 6 for the Lord your God will bless yeah. you just as he promised you you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow you shall reign mm. over many nations but they shall not reign over you surely the Lord is saying to us that we are on the trajectory to fulfill this scripture, Come that we're on. going to lend, we're going to be a resource, uh, you use the Goshen and Egypt yeah. co- uh, concept um, or, or any of these other ones where suddenly we beat something in the spirit and then we become yeah. the supply line ourselves. That has got to be, yeah. you know, how can I find a, a, a way to... Um, fund missionaries across the world how can I do that how can I lend into the nation what I have got um, financially but even of wisdom and understanding because I have overcome foolishness or I have overcome the blocks that uh, medically you know I think we're lending to many nations of more than just resources because we've understood the concept of breaking through how about in your business you break through not just with with the ability to lend but you break through in terms of righteous business practices that you then lend that concept to a nation or you lend the breakthrough for cancer to a nation or from the kingdom of God or you lend your wisdom to a nation or you lend your education capabilities to a nation or you lend your storytelling to a nation why? How do you get there where you have national impact because you understand Joshua 10 cascading victories where you name the devil, you defeat it and you become a resource. Surely we are made for more than the local smallness. I think God has woven the need to be significant into each of us and here we are playing in the shallow waters of God. Can you just sort out my bill or can you just fix this little thing for me? And God is saying, don't you see Joshua subdued an entire region? Don't you see that Jacob's well is right then through all the way into the New Testament where Jesus meets the woman at the well. Don't you see that Deuteronomy is talking to you about many nations and this sense of a let the determination flow into your being right now. You will lend to many nations. Therefore, you will list your enemy. You will face him down and double jeopardy will not apply. Oh, I got a bit excited. Amen. (laughs) And the smallness breaks off your mind where you just see yourself and your own needs and you just see your own demons and you just see your Mm -hmm. own oppression and a bigness of mind, of thought, of perspective, of Mm -hmm. victory comes in where you start to dream beyond even just where you are. Yeah. Yes. I'm fascinated by what 
what Job acquires, yeah. you know, at the other end. Mm. And camels, sheep, goats, oxen, agriculture, clothing, distribution, plying, you know, this is not... Yeah, significant. It's not simple business no, here. It's, it's complex and layered. And he has um, an enhanced capacity. And I think that must be the dream of the church, not for domination. I think we, we are done with that uh, ugliness, oh, yeah. but for equipping and resourcing yeah. and tra- uh, training. Surely the poor... Uh, P-O-O-R, sorry, that's the Irish accent. Surely the poor and the littlest and the lost and the least need to be able to come and lean into the people of God who say, here's affordable housing. Here's a city we have built. Here's an employment opportunity. Here's an education. Here's a discipleship program. Here's a story that will gladden your heart. Surely that must be the thinking of the people of God. I I think that's building the kingdom. And here you and I are over you know, can I pay my bill? My own now, that's needs. not an illegitimate thing. You do need to learn how to pay your bill, but you do need to ask the Lord that that if it's if your prayer is still prayed because you've not dealt with a demon, yeah. you cannot go beyond that prayer because it's you are trying to medicate and feed the poverty demon rather than move into promised land. So important a thinking. That's really good. Come on. (laughs) I think we might need to pause for lunch. We've got ourselves a bit excited. Okay, well, we will wrap that up. Thank you so much. Lots to take home from that. Thank you for joining us, loyal listeners, in this um, intense and fiery fiery <laughs> victorious there we go Sam we uh, go. episode of what the Pro- prophets say see you next time thank you for listening to this episode of what the prophets say with me Emma Stark if you would like to go deeper with us you would be very welcome to join our network the global prophetic alliance you can find that at propheticscots.com where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the spirit of God and encounter if you feel a call and a pull to deliverance ministry you can download my latest e-course which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.